Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. So grateful for my wife who did that because I was about to do that, y'all. I know Sundays like this, like she said, we can get preoccupied with so many other things, and we can think we're here to dress up and look good, and we're here to highlight our businesses, but we're here to glorify Him. So just with the lifting of our hands, I know we came out of worship, but just begin to say something to Him. I need God to know that He's the reason why we're come for a word, but you came for God. Come on, somebody say something to the God you say you love. Father, we bless you. We honor you. Come on, with the fruit of your lips, everybody in this house should be glorifying our Father's name. God, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. Forgive us, God, if we were distracted this morning, but God, we lift your name on high on today. We edify your name, God. We magnify your name, God. You are worthy and worthy to be praised. Like you, God. There is none like you, God. There is none like you, God. God calls us to keep our hearts and our minds fixed on you. We love you. We adore you. And it's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. stand in reverence to God's holy word. The Bible declares is this. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. When Jesus heard what happened, he found the man, somebody say the blind man that he healed, and asked, do you believe in the Son of Man? It's a sad tragedy when God can do a miracle in your life and he has to come back and ask you, do you believe? Then the man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. Jesus said, you have seen him. Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Verse number 38, yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, that's good news, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Verse 35 again, when Jesus heard what had happened, he found a man and asked him, do you believe in the Son of Man? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject this morning. 
the invitation to them that believe. Somebody say, I received the invitation. Yeah, there's an invitation to them that believe. I, I need us to understand it's a privilege to believe God. It's a privilege. Because our opportunity to believe God gives us access to open doors. Somebody say open doors. I know y'all didn't know that, but, but my opportunity, every opportunity God gives me to believe him gives me access to open doors. Ah, that's good news, y'all. There's this invent, invitation that God gives us to them that believe. It's an invitation for God to do something in us, for us, and through us, but it's only made accessible when we believe. He, he wants to do something in our lives, but here's the sad reality, is that many believers don't see their opportunities to believe as an access to open doors. When God presents an opportunity in our life to believe him, to trust in him, many believers don't see that as an open door. And somebody might be saying, what do I mean? When there's situations in our lives where we need God to intervene, it don't always seem like an open door. Uh, when we, there's situations in our lives when we know we're in a place where we need God to incline to us, it don't always seem like an open door. And I, I don't know about nobody else, but when there's situations in our life where we need God to do the impossible, it does not always seem like an open door. I don't know about nobody else, but when things get hard, difficult, we need God to intervene. We need God to come close to us. When it seems like we need God to do the impossible, it don't always seem like an open door. And somebody might be saying, why? Because here's what the enemy wants us to do. These times where we need God to intervene, incline, or, or, or do the impossible, we see them as interruptions in our lives. Somebody say interruptions. We don't see them as open doors. Many times we see them as interferences in our lives. Some might say interferences. And, and watch this. Many of us, when we need God to move in our lives, we don't always see them as open doors. We see them as inconveniences. I don't know about nobody else, but there's some times where I know it ain't nobody else who's going to help me, and it's only God, but it seems like an interruption. It seems like something is interfering in my journey in God. It seems like an inconvenience because everything was going well. But God says this, watch this, someone say, it's an open door. It serves, watch this, as an invitation for God to move, and watch this, for us to move to believe God. Whenever you find yourself in a situation where it seems like your life is interrupted, whenever you're in a situation where it seems like it's interfering with your, with your progress in God, whenever something looks like an inconvenience, it's an opportunity. Watch this for God to move and you to move to believe God. Someone say an open door. It's a privilege to believe them because our opportunity to believe gives us access to open doors. Uh, and why is this critical to understand? Because if we allow certain circumstances of our life to be perceived as interruptions, interferences, and inconveniences, we'll never proceed through the open doors that God is creating through them for our lives. Did y'all catch what I just said? Many times we get stagnant. We don't want to go to church. We don't want to talk to nobody. We don't want to pick up the phone. We don't want to get in our Bibles. So the enemy, if I perceive them as interruptions, if I perceive them as interferences, if I perceive them as inconveniences in my life, I'll never walk through, watch this, the open door. Someone say, God, don't waste nothing in my life. And that's the kind of mind shift that we have to have in our lives. That he does not waste anything, even the stuff that we don't like. Somebody say, even the stuff I don't like. 
Yeah, he never wastes anything in our lives. Uh, and this is why Jesus himself said this concerning the opportunity to believe for this blind man in our foundational text. Notice what verse 3 of John chapter 9 says. If I can go to the next screen. Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sin, but the works of God should be revealed in him. So many times there's situations in our lives where we deem them as interferences, interruptions. And really what God is saying, I'm giving you an opportunity that I might do a work, someone say, in my life. And that work, watch this, is only accessible when I believe. This opportunity to believe was so that God would have an open door to do a work in and through him. This means our inability to believe, watch this, negates God's inability to do a work in and through us. The reason I said this throughout the sermon series, the reason why God can't do a lot of many of um, believers' lives is because we don't believe God. We stop God, and I said this, and I keep saying this throughout the sermon series, what Jesus said concerning those in Nazareth, he could do not many miracles there for their, because of their unbelief. Tell your neighbor, you got to believe. Uh, it's important to note that open doors not only give God access um, to do something in and through us, but watch this, it gives us open doors, give us access um, to God um, to, to allow um, us to do something for the God that we say we serve. Yeah, I, I need us to understand that it's critical. It's not just an open door for God. Some might say it's an open door for me. In other words, we have access to the presence and proximity of God when we believe. God gives us access to his presence and proximity when we believe. And I made mention of this before, but I need us to see it in the text. Notice what Hebrews 11, 6 says. For he who comes to God, somebody say must believe. That means there's a level of presence. I don't care how much you can pray down heaven. I don't care what kind of title you have. I don't care what your lineage in God is. I don't care what denomination you go to. There is a level of presence and proximity, um, an invitation of God that is only accessible when we believe. I don't care that I got the title pastor. If I don't believe, I won't get to this level of presence and proximity. And, and, and I think that's good news, y'all, that it does not matter how long I've been saved. It does not matter what title I have. It does not matter who I'm connected to. God says you can get to a certain level in me if you believe. So that's for he who comes to God. Somebody say must believe. Oh, that's good news, y'all. Because watch this. You'll stop giving your money to prophets when you know you can get into his presence and proximity when I just have to believe. I wouldn't be so dependent upon the pastor when the pastor don't pick up my call. God says, you don't need the pastor. You just need to somebody say believe. Now, that's good news to me. I don't know about y'all because I'm not on. I'm not. I'm not present. Did y'all hear what I just said? This is stop folk from calling you so much when they going through. If they would just believe. Don't be bothering me. Somebody say, just believe. believe. Yeah, that's good news right there. Next time they call you when you're on vacation, tell them, just believe. believe. Don't be blowing me up. Just believe. believe. Yeah, just believe. I'm trying to chill right now. God is, I'm not present. But even more, watch this. God does not give us presence and proximity void of purpose. In other words, when God says, if you believe you can come to me, not only can you get in my presence and have a level of closeness to me, he doesn't do it, somebody say, for any reason. 
God invites us by way of belief for a reason. So here's the critical questions we got to ask ourselves. Huh, what, what, what opportunities are given to us when we believe? I don't want to just be in your presence. God, I need something. Why does the Lord invite us into his presence and proximity when we believe? Somebody say God is up to something. Ooh, that's good news. He's up to something when we believe. I believe we find the answers to these questions in our foundational text. And I believe the answers to these questions are critical so that we don't despise the opportunities that God orchestrates in our lives to believe. I, I hope y'all just caught what I just said. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So in other words, he orchestrates opportunities in our lives just so that we might believe. So some of us start blaming God. Some of us say God ain't with us. Some of us say, God, why do you see what I'm going through? Not knowing that if I'm serving God, he says, your steps have been ordered. So in other words, we'll look at the circumstances of life differently if we knew that God was orchestrating them for opportunities. Watch this. Somebody say for open doors. God, I'm not going to curse you. I'm not going to I'm not going to cry about that thing because I know it's the open door. We'll, we'll, we'll despise the interruptions of life. We'll despise what we consider interferences and we'll despise what we call inconveniences of life because God watches, uses each of these as invitations to those that believe. God is trying to use certain circumstances where nobody else can do nothing in your life and all you got to do, somebody say, is believe. Whew. We blame God. And as it was for this blind man, so it is for us. They started saying so much about this blind man. God, who sinned? Was it him or was it his parents? They, he, they, they started giving this man excuses for the circumstances in, in which he was in. And God says it ain't about none of that. It's so that I can do a thing. Somebody say, in your life. We'll stop. This is why James said, consider it. Somebody say, pure joy. Yeah, we got to start looking at the circumstances of life differently. I want to reveal even more what this invitation to believe offers us. Let's examine our text so that we might understand what the Lord is inviting us into. Oh, somebody say, thank God for the invitation. Y'all know some folk don't give invitations to come to them. You know, we don't want everybody in our home. Y'all know that? So God says, I'm trying to set something up to invite you into my presence. Whew. Thank you, God. Watch what verse number 35 says. The Bible says when Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked him, do you believe in the son of man? Our confidence in God should always be accompanied by our confession of God. Uh, if you got a real confidence in God, somebody say, I need a confession. Somebody might be saying, what do I mean? A true hope in God should never be in private, but it is validated by a public profession. It's a lot of folk that like to tell folk, I, no, I go to church over here, and, and this, this, is, this is just between me and God. No, no, it cannot be private. Somebody said it needs to be a public profession. Yeah, you, you can't believe God in private. I know you thought you could just believe God by yourself. No, somebody needs to know that you've got a hope in God. In other words, someone else should know that you believe God. If, if you're the only one, you and, your, you and the person in your house, the only one know you believe God, you, I, I might question your belief in God. You try, somebody say you're trying to hide some. If nobody else knows you're trying to hide some, because as soon as you tell them you believe God, your life don't look like it. That's why you're the only one that know. Because when you really hope in God, 
Watch as you can't help but tell somebody. When you really have a hope in God, I can't help but tell somebody. When I believe God to be a provider, somebody say somebody else should know. When I know God to be a protector, somebody say somebody else should know. Yeah, and watch this. When I know God to be my peace in the midst of um, um, chaos, somebody say somebody else should know. When it's folk taking their life because they can't find no peace, I need to tell you about this peace within me. Somebody else should know. You the only one know God doing something in your life. I question your belief. Consider the response of the man that Jesus healed of leprosy in Mark chapter 1, verse 43 through 45. Even when Jesus, watch this, Jesus said, Don't even tell nobody I did this. He said, He strictly warned him and sent him away at once. And this is Jesus talking to the man he just healed. See, you say nothing to anyone, but go your way and show yourself to the priest and offer for you your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, somebody say, however, he went out and began proclaiming it freely and spread the matter because of his confidence in God. It was hard for him to keep it concealed. When God does something in my life, God, I know you said keep this thing a secret, but it's something in me that has to tell somebody about what God has done in my life. And folk that say God has done something in their life and they keep it to themselves, I maybe God ain't really do nothing in your life. Because when God has done something, somebody got to know. Say, say somebody, say, somebody say somebody has to know. Ooh, I can't keep that thing to myself. Uh, and when you have confidence in God, you want to, you don't want to keep it concealed. You're compelled, watches to confess it. So, so in other words, God invites us to give a response as a result of what Christ has done in our life. When we believe, God is saying, I'm giving you this invitation to give a response. Somebody say, my response is... I thank you for the song this day, um, today, worshipers. My response is hallelujah. Somebody needs to know. This means our belief in who God is and what he can do in our lives is not, watch this, I'm going to say this and you ain't going to like this, is not something that we should simply meditate in our hearts, but I, that belief should come out of our mouths. Don't keep that thing hidden in your heart. I know the Bible says that I hid it. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. But when God does something in my life, I can't just keep it in my heart. I've got to say it with my mouth. I've got to say it with my mouth. I don't know about nobody else. And listen, this this don't mean that you got to be a preacher. But because I know my steps are ordered, God's going to bring somebody in my life that needs to hear what I know about this God that I say I serve. So y'all, somebody say, you ain't got to be Pastor Keith. Yeah, but God wants you to proclaim his word. Oh, that's good news. Because consider what the latter portion of Luke 6, 45 says. Because y'all know, they like to say, will you let God, Jesus, come into your heart? That's good news right now. Keep him in your heart. But for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if Jesus is in your heart, somebody say, it better come out your mouth. Yeah, it better come out your mouth. This means, watch this, what abides in your heart will be affirmed by what comes out of your mouth. And that includes your belief. If you believe God, if you believe him in your heart, somebody say, it will come out of my mouth. Father, the abundance of the heart, the mouth should speak. 
Because watch this, if we can be honest, all you got to do is listen to some folk for just a little while. And you find out what lives in their heart. Women, make sure when you start dating a man that they start opening up their mouths. Because I know he look good. I know he got a, a, a what, what it is, a 401k. I know he got all of that. But I need to know what lives in your heart. And watch this. The enemy will want you to keep your mouth closed. This is why we got a lot of men that don't talk. Because the enemy really does not want to, what's in your heart to come out. You can deceive folk. Watch this. I, I'm, I'm scared of folk that get around me and don't have nothing to say. Now you better open up your mouth because I need to know what lives in your heart. I'm a, yeah, I, listen, I'm a, and for folk that don't know this, I'm an introvert. I know I'm an introvert. I, I, I peel out of here real quick. I love people, but I find some way to escape. But listen, I'm going to open up my mouth. Even if you're an introvert, you've got to open up your mouth because I need to know what lives in your heart. Listen, don't get into no business dealings with folk that say, I got everything in my mind. No, what's in your mouth? Come on, say it with your mouth. Somebody say, say it with your mouth. Y'all dating folk that don't know how to talk and it's stuff living in their hearts. Ooh, so, so if your lips, watch this, have never declared that you believe God, then you may need to question if belief lives in your heart. If it ain't nobody, you can tell about God. If it ain't nobody, you can tell God has did X, Y, and Z in my life. You may want to question, does belief really live in your heart? We know how to post everything on social media. Except the God we serve. Somebody say, help us today. So, so, so the critical question is, who knows that you believe the God you serve? Who? Somebody say, somebody has to know. And somebody might be saying, why is this so significant? Why is this response to Christ so significant? Why does somebody else need to know the God that I believe? Because you think that it's just between you and God. Well, consider what the beginning portion of Romans 10, 17 declares. So then faith comes by hearing. Someone's faith needs to be established by what comes out of your mouth. Ooh, did y'all hear what I just said? So, 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 somebody say, open up your mouth. Yeah, this means the inability for your belief to be professed may be the very reason that another's belief in God is failed to be birthed. Did y'all catch what I just said? Your inability for your belief in God to be professed, publicly professed, may be the reason why someone's um, belief in God is failed to be birthed. Somebody say, I don't want to be found guilty of that. So what God is saying, when I, when I do these certain things in your life that it may not feel good, may not look good, it may feel like interruptions, God, why are you doing this? He says, it's an invitation, watch this, to give your response. Ooh, not just on Sunday morning, but what's, somebody say, what's my response? Ooh, help us today. We have to be like the psalmist in Psalm 89, 1b through 2. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness. Somebody say to all. To all generations. For I have said mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. The psalmist was saying that your faith in God that is affirmed by your mouth will cause a faith in God to abide in another. Somebody say be established. If I really believe God, it'll come out of my mouth. 
It will affirm this belief that I say I have for God. And it will cause faith to abide in another. I need y'all to understand how critical that is. The Lord says in his word, for if you can just cause, your reward is great if you cause one to come. Somebody say just one. When I get to glory, I don't want to negate some of those rewards. And God is saying, I'm just setting this thing up for your reward. Somebody say, thank God for the reward. We're missing out on stuff because we won't open up our mouths. Even more, the, the psalmist was saying like the old saint said, he's been too good to me to keep it to myself. I don't know about nobody else. He's been too good to me to keep it to myself. In other words, they believe God too much to be quiet. Quiet saints are dangerous saints. Somebody say quiet saints are dangerous saints. I ain't saying you got to be shouting. I ain't saying you got to be on the pulpit. I ain't saying you got to be dancing. But say somebody should know. Yeah, so it's an invitation for our response to Christ. Now let's look at verse 36 and 37. Because I know y'all want to see what everybody's selling over there. What they got, their little businesses. I know y'all want to take pictures because we look good. I wanted to take a picture with my boo before church. But I'm going to be sweaty. It's all good. Watch what verse 36 and 37 says. The man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Your ability to believe not only allows someone else to know the God you serve, but your ability to believe allows you to know the God you serve. God is saying, I want you to know me. And some of us don't want to know him like that. In other words, because your opportunity to put your confidence in God is an invitation for you to know the character of God. God wants to reveal his character to you. I know you don't like it. I know it don't feel good. But God is trying to reveal himself. Because if we can be honest, it's in the moment, it's in in moments where we must learn to trust him that we learn more about him. I don't know about nobody else, but there's been times where all I had to do was trust God and I knew him in another way. Somebody say he's trying to reveal himself to me. Y'all trying to run and God is saying, I'm trying to reveal myself to you. It was in the moments where we had to trust God for the miracle that we learned he could do it. It was in the moment where we needed God to move mountains that we learned he could do it. It was a moment when, watch this, we trust God to make a way out of no way where we learned he can do it. I want to know God in such a way that I don't know him just through my wife's testimony. Say, I want to know him for myself. And many of us watch this when we get into situations. I'm not saying that we negate this. Because many of us get deep um, into stuff and we run the folk time and time and time again. Will you pray for me? Please pray for me. I'm I'm going through. I don't know what to do. Will you keep me on the prayer list? I'm saying, just believe me. And really, we're, we're, watch this. We're giving someone else a responsibility that they cannot bear. In other words, I'm trying to use a person to get them to reveal who God is in my life. And God says, they they can't handle that responsibility. Someone say, you got to know it for yourself. This is why believing is so critical. So watch this. Notice this. This is why once this man in our foundational text desires to believe the person of Christ in his life was revealed. The Bible says, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. And you have seen him, Jesus said, and you and he is speaking to you. 
more stuff to happen in my life and I did not know it was God. This blind man did not know Jesus was talking to him. I don't want to be healed and not know it was God. We put too much confidence. Watch this. And I know every, every good and perfect gift comes from above. But we put too much um, onus on the earthly gift rather than the heavenly gift. So you thought, watch this. You thought it was because I was working out. I was listening to my doctor. But somebody said it was really God. Yeah. You, you, you thought, man, Pastor Keith was so kind. He helped pay my rent, but it was God. I don't want nothing to happen in my life and God does it and he's standing in front of me and I don't know. Somebody said, I've got to believe. Yeah, I gotta believe. So, So watch this. If we really desire to know him, then we must make a decision to believe him. If your desire really is to know God, it ain't always gonna be Y'all ain't going to like this. It's going to mess up somebody's theology. It ain't going to always be in the book. Did y'all hear what I just said? The Bible says his word is spirit and life. So you really don't know God until that word happens in your life. So while you in the book, God is trying to get you to know him in life. I hope y'all caught what I just said. Help us today, God, to know you. This is why folks struggle with believing God. Huh? Well, what about the Hebrew Israelites? What, what about X, Y, and Z? And God says, I'm trying to let you believe me and know me in your life. But it's going to require, somebody say that I believe. Yeah, I love when his word becomes life. It's one thing to read his word, but when that thing really manifests in my life and becomes life. You trust the word differently when it happens. Somebody say, in your life. Oh, and watch this. Many of us, many believers really don't know him because many believers don't make a decision to believe him. That's a sad tragedy. When tragedy arises, we don't trust him. When trials come in our life, we don't trust him. And when he assigns tests in our lives, we don't trust him. God is saying, I'm trying to get you to know me. Here's a word of wisdom. You will only know God in part when you only know him through triumph and not through the times of testing. Many believers only know God in part when I get the miracle, when I'm blessed and highly favored. But there's going to be seasons where you ain't going to always be blessed and highly favored. And this is why we get so messed up with life because God, everything was well. Money was in my pocket. Nobody was bothering me. I I know you and I love you in this way. And God is saying, I'm trying to get you to know me in another way. And when we don't trust him through the testing of life, we don't really know him. Somebody say, I know him in part. I know him in part. And I'm going to give you, somebody say Bible. That's what Philippians 3.10 says. Paul said that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. And somebody say, and the fellowship of his sufferings. Somebody say, yeah, I got to know him in both ways. I know, I know that don't feel good, but God wants you to know all of him. Uh, and the fullness of Christ is revealed both in the power and in the problems in our lives. It's one thing to know him when I know his power is at work in my life. But it's a whole nother thing to know him when problems are at work in my life. So it's not enough for us to trust God when we witness his power in our lives. But we also need to trust God when we witness problems in our life. 
God ain't left you. And the enemy wants you to believe that God has left you. So every problem, God, I trust you. Because you're trying to get me to know you. Ooh, it'll change our mindset, how we look at problems, y'all. And when I, it's, it's helping me, y'all. Because I feel so bad, and, and my wife will attest to this, when folk are going through. When marriages aren't doing well. When folk are fi- um, trying to figure out what season and how to navigate the next season of their lives. When I hear about those that are in the hospital, that are struggling, I get so beat down in my spirit. And this sermon series has helped me. And I'm like, God, you're just trying to get them to know you. And what I need to do is take myself out of the circumstance so that they might, somebody say, know you. And many of us jumping, someone say, mind your own business. You've got to ask God when it's the time to mind your own business. Because I know folk will call you and cry on the phone, will tell you soft stories about how I ain't have no mama and I ain't have no daddy. And God is really saying, I need you to get your behind out of that circumstance so that they might know me. Ooh, I had, to, he had God had to help me on that. God, I'm trying to help folk. I'm trying to counsel folk. And God is saying, I'm really trying to get them to know me. And really what we got to say, baby, what you got to do? I know people don't really like this, but you got to believe God. You know folk don't really like when you say that. I know I need to know what to do. I need to know how to navigate this thing. I I need to know some, what is the next steps in this thing? And all I can say is believe God. Because this is the place where nobody can do anything in your life. Someone say, but God. The fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ. So, so, and if, watch this. One of the problems with many believers is that we know how to trust God in seasons of prosperity, but not in seasons of problems. God right now is really trying to do something in me and my wife's life because we keep saying we don't know what the heck he doing. We just had two kids and we thought everything was gravy. We still trying to get their behinds in order and God give us another one. Man, I was like, God, you know we need a house because I told y'all this, that that baby going to be on that couch if we ain't got no house. But then the price is going up. The, the, the interest rate is going up. God, what are you doing? And I got to learn. We got to learn. We even walk, walking through this process and it ain't even lining up like we think we should. And all God is saying, I need you to trust me. I can't minister to y'all in a way if I don't know them in that very way. So somebody say, I'm being a test dummy. Somebody say, Pastor, keep being a test dummy. Yeah, I'm trying to trust them. Lord, help me today. So the critical questions we must ask ourselves is, do you really know him? Are you willing for the person of Christ to be revealed to you in both seasons of prosperity and problems? God, reveal yourself to me in the prosperity, but hold on by the problems. Now, we need to know the fullness of him. And this is why the psalmist declared this in the latter portion of Psalm 73, 28. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I might declare, somebody say, all your works. It's important to note that your ability to declare every work is dependent upon your ability to trust him in every season. Did y'all catch what I just said? I hope that didn't go too far. I hope that didn't go over nobody. Your ability to watch this, to, to declare his every work requires that you trust him in every season. 
I want to be able that this that this scripture resonate in my spirit, that it becomes life to me, that I might declare your every work. But it requires that I trust him. Somebody say in every season. I don't know about anybody else, but my desire is that I know him. But I must make a decision to trust him. Belief in God requires a decision. Nobody can't push you. Nobody can't provoke you. Somebody say, I've got to make that decision. I've got to make that decision. Help us today, God. So, so it's an invitation for our response to Christ. It's an invitation for our revelation of Christ. God just wants us to know him in his fullness. And now watch what verse number 38 says. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said. And he worshiped Jesus. Trusting God must precede true worship of God. In other words, you can't really worship God if you don't trust him. You, you, you can't really worship God if you don't trust him. So all of, we've got, we've got a question there. So you come in church not trusting God? Oh, that's, that, that, that's not true worship. Because consider the level of worth that you ascribe to a God that you do not believe. How can I really ascribe worth to a God that I do not believe? I can tell my wife all day long that I love her. But if I don't trust her, I can't relate. That, those words fall on deaf ears. If somebody say they love you, tell them you better trust them. Yeah, they better trust you. They, they, they can't really love you if they don't trust you. And it's the same way with God. Oh, you can't worship a God that you do not believe. Because it watches, it's to the degree that you believe him that will determine the degree that you can bless his name. I know you like to say you're a worshiper. You run around here. You run around because you believe in God. You, you, I, I just believe God. I'm running. You, you know, you just running the tide. Get that girl some water. Somebody say, get that girl some water. Some a lot of folk that's running around and walk out the doors not trusting God. Because watch this. Notice why God warned the children of Israel with these words in Deuteronomy 11:16. Take heed to yourselves. Let your heart be deceived and you turn aside. Somebody say, do not believe. And serve other gods and worship them. Because this is critical to understand. Because in whom and in what you believe, you will also worship. Whomever you believe and whatever you believe in, you will worship. So folk may not be bowing down to money, but I trust my money more than I trust God. Really what you're saying is that you worship God. You worship money. Folk that depend on their man more than they depend on God, really what they're saying is that I worship my man. In whom you put your trust in, and whatever you trust in is who you really worship. Y'all thought it was the lifting of your hands. You thought it was just bowing down. You thought it was you singing a song. No, somebody say, it's who I believe in. Yeah, some of y'all believe in your mama, believe in your man, believe in your ministry more than you believe in God, and you worship it. This is why certain pastors don't know how to take a seat and let somebody else preach. Because they believe that it's dependent upon them. I trust in myself to do what I know that God can do. You worship yourself. Ooh, help us today, God. Help us today. In other words, to not stop believing him. And I know we may not like this. But God won't receive your worship if your, if your heart does not rest securely in him. Yes. Somebody say, believe him. Believe. This is why he say, I don't want no other idols before me. I don't want you worshiping any other gods. 
because he'll never receive your worship if your heart doesn't rest securely in him. Let's, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 17. Lest the Lord anger be aroused against you. So notice what 16 says that you, if you turn away and you do not believe, watch this, go back to the next screen. Lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you. And he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain. And the land yield no produce. And you perish quickly from the good land which the Lord has given to you. That means your worship bears no fruit when you don't believe. You can worship, you can lift your hands all day if you do not believe. Somebody say you don't receive my worship. Help us today, God. Help us today, God. We want to believe. This means God is not pleased with anything we give him. And that includes our worship. Y'all know when the the, the church old say keep your money. If you don't really want to give it, keep it to yourself. That's what they were trying to say. If you trust you having the money more than you giving it to God. Somebody say keep it to yourself. Because it's not going to yield any fruit. So anything that I give to God void of belief, God does not receive it and it yields no fruit. Somebody say you might as well keep it. This is why opportunity to believe is an invitation for us to reverence Christ. God is saying every opportunity that I give you to trust me, to put your hope in me, is an opportunity to reverence me. The Bible says, this man said, I believe. And immediately he worshiped him. Because a belief in God that endures is what produces exaltation. Worship. Somebody say worship. Yet your belief does not have the ability to endure if you're not first willing to believe. God says, if you can just hold on. I know it don't feel good, but God says, hold on. Hold on till I move. And if you can just endure, it produces, somebody say, exaltation. Ooh, help us today, God. We want to worship you. We want to worship you, God, in spirit and in truth. Consider the response of Job when his faith endured the testing of Satan. In Job 1.20. The Bible says then Job arose. I need y'all to know what happened. He lost his home. He lost property. Someone say he lost children. He arose. He tore his robe. He shaved his head. He fell to the ground. And he worshipped. It was his belief in God that moved him to worship God. I want to believe God so much so. That stuff that should cause grief in my life. I bow down. And I worship him. I want even the stuff that may take some other folk out, that may test my mental fortitude, that I bow down and worship him. Somebody say that's worship that he receives. And I know it don't feel good, y'all, but God says I'm giving you an opportunity to reverence me. Watch this. Your ability to declare the goodness of the Lord is when your, your belief has endured difficult seasons. You can't really declare the goodness of God until your faith endures difficult seasons. Notice what David said in Psalm 27, 12 through 13. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. But this is what David said. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Someone said, I got to know that I'm his child. That even... When folk rise up against me, that I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord. So the next time you feel like something is at war with your belief, know that God is using that 
to produce your worship. Woo, that's good news, y'all. I'm done, y'all. Listen, he gives us an opportunity to reverence him. I need us to know that believing God is a privilege. Somebody say it's a privilege. I know that you did not want to trust God with that area of your life, but somebody say it's a privilege. God says, I'm giving you an open door. Life knows how to present moments where the only thing we have is to trust God. We're either going to trust him or we're going to run. Moments where we have no resources. Moments where we have, watch this, the doctor's report is final. And moments where there was no other recourse. And although, watch this, the enemy wants to use these moments to defeat us, God uses these moments to provide open doors if we believe. I'm not going to look at it any other way. I know I don't have the resources. I know they want me to believe that there's no other report than what the doctors say. I know I may not have any other recourse. But God says, I want to give you, somebody say an open door. When we believe, yes, God can do something in us and for us. But when we believe, it provides us with an invitation from God for our good. He uses these opportunities to provide us with an invitation for our response to Christ. Somebody say, somebody else needs to know I believe God. Yeah, if God has moved in your life, somebody else needs to know. So God is saying, I want you to put my trust in you. I'm entrusting you with this very moment in your life so that you might see me in another way and you can declare it to somebody else. It's an opportunity and an invitation for a response. It's our invitation for our revelation of Christ. Many believers will go on to glory not knowing the fullness of the God they say they serve. You're going to have to learn a lot about him once you get the glory. Somebody say, once you get the glory. I want to know the fullness of God, the full attributes of God while I'm on earth. And watch why this is so critical. I started this, this year off with the sermon series, Thy Kingdom Come. You'll never be able to bring his kingdom on the earth if you don't understand the full character of God. Somebody say, it's critical. So while you don't want to know God in that way, then just get out of the way because you're not helping advance his kingdom. Revelation of Christ. And then he gives us this opportunity to reverence Christ. I need y'all to understand this because some of us are worshiping things that are not of God. Whom and what you put your trust in, you will also worship. I know you're not bowing down to that money, but you're living like you are. You worship it. But I believe there's a greater invitation when we have this opportunity to believe. Watch verse number 39 in our foundational text. The Bible says Jesus told him I entered into the world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. In other words, our opportunity to believe is an invitation to receive our recompense from Christ. Somebody say my reward. When our only recourse in life is to retreat or believe God, God is trying to set us up to receive our reward. Somebody say give sight to the blind. It's not there's only one option that God wants to do. And he says, if you can get through this, if you can endure it with a level of belief, some would say, I, I'll receive my reward. When we can't see our way out, God knows how to make a way out. But it requires that we believe. And this man said, I don't know who healed me, but all I know, I was blind, but now I see there's some areas in life, y'all, where I know that I was blind. Because I had an but yet I had an encounter with God. Somebody say, now I see. God's trying to give us a le- another level of enlightenment in life that we may not be um, 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 
caught up by the wiles of the enemy. Someone say, I want my reward. But it requires that you believe. Nobody, anybody else, but that's good news to me, y'all. Let's stand to our feet. That he gives us this open door. It's open doors. Hear this. I don't know what you're going through this morning or in this season. Let's talk about to say thank God for the season. I don't know if y'all like me and my wife because we're trying to navigate life right now. And I don't know what God is doing. But I do know he wants us to believe. Somebody say he wants me to believe. It could be a relationship. You could be asking God for something in your life that seems impossible, impossible. But I want you to get that on your heart. It could be a job. You need God to send more resources in your life and you don't know what to do. God is saying, just believe. Just believe. Thank you, God, for the open doors. Thank you, God, for this invitation, God, that you've orchestrated in our lives. We don't believe it's the enemy, God, because you, we know, God, that the steps of good men are ordered by the Lord. So, God, our steps have been ordered by you in this difficult season of our lives. We're trying to navigate it, God, but God was submitting our belief into your hands. We believe you. As this man said, yes, I believe you. That's our declaration on today. Thank you, God, for the invitation. Thank you, God, for the invitation. Somebody say, thank you, God, for the invitation. Thank you, God, that you invite us to know you, God. God, we would not know you, God, if we did not first believe you. God, for that we say thank you. Thank you, God, that we, we have this invitation, God, to let somebody else know, God, that you are the God that, that we serve. Thank you, God, that we have a response and that response is hallelujah. We want to give you the highest praise because it's the highest praise, God, we need somebody else to know. Thank you, God, that what abides in our heart should be affirmed by what comes out of our mouth. Thank you, God, we can establish faith in another when we can declare what we believe from our mouths. Help us to open up our mouths, God, we pray, and declare your name. Help us, God. We may not be there yet, God, but God, we're going to hold on to our belief so that at some point we can tell somebody that I went through that same thing and God brought me up. And God, we thank you, God, for revealing yourself unto us. We thank you, God, for the fivefold. Thank you for the apostle. We thank you for the prophet. We thank you for the pastor. We thank you for the evangelist. And we thank you for the teacher. But we thank you, God, that you orchestrate moments in our lives where we don't need none of them. Ooh, I know that may not, that may have hurt somebody's feelings, but God, we don't need none of them to know you. So God, we thank you, God, that we can know you through opportunities to believe. Because God, the sad reality is, God, pastors and evangelists and prophets will leave this earth. God, you said you'll be with us always. So God, we want to know you in the fullness of who you are. So thank you, God, for this opportunity to know. And God, thank you, God, that we can only worship you to the degree that we believe you. We want our worship to go up like a sweet-smelling aroma. God, but we must trust you first. Thank you, God, for this opportunity. Whatever it may be amongst your people to trust you. And God, we want our reward. Somebody said we want our reward. All we know, God, is that we were blind, but now we see. And for that, God, we say thank you.
for everybody who says I'm not going to look at another interruption the same way, another interference the same way, another inconvenience the same way. But somebody say, I see it as an invitation. Thank you, God, for inviting us in. For everyone that believes, somebody say, thank God. And amen. Somebody give God a hand clap and pray. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There may be somebody here this morning who says, I want to give my life to Christ. I think we're all saved. But there may be somebody who's watching who says, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to believe in this God that all y'all over here worshiping and shouting about. God wants you to believe in him as well. Your reward is tied to you believing in him. And that's good news. Me and my wife were having a conversation as we were traveling to church. The Bible says... That his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're a matter of fact, they're higher than ours. In other words, God knows how to reach you wherever he finds you. He knows how to reach you. And this may be a moment where you say, God has reached me. I never believed in church. I never believed in pastors. Because I've seen a lot of them that were raggedy. That might be you. I done seen some raggedy preachers myself too. But I believe God may have reached you. If that's you, put a comment in the comment box saying, I want a message on Facebook, send us an email to say I want to believe watch this, here's how easy it is, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and what did I say, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so the Bible says you also have to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord if you can do that this morning the Bible says you can be saved what do you mean saved from that you are a sinner in need of a savior that that savior is Jesus Christ and that Jesus will not for the one who says I want to be I want to believe I do believe God I just need you to help my unbelief God thank you Lord that they have now said that they're in need of a Savior that Savior is Jesus Christ and that Jesus will now Lord over their lives thank you God that they believe cause them to know God what you have rewarded to them by way of salvation no man can take away for your word declares God you told your son whomever you put in his hands so God, we thank you, God, for a salvation that is secure. We thank you, God, for one that is sure. And we thank you, God, for one that is genuine. For they believe in their hearts and they confess with their mouth. And we thank you, God, that the Lord, your word declares heaven rejoices when one comes. So as heaven rejoices, let us clap our hands and rejoice with them. And lastly, there may be somebody saying, I've been coming watching, and I need a church home, I want to be connected to a body of believers like this, that's why I want you to slip your hands up, if you're watching, I want you to just put something in the comment box, send us a message, we'll connect with you, we'll let you know how you can be a part of this body, I love to be a shepherd, we love to be a church family, if you got anything out of this service here, somebody give God a hand clap.